The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Help! I need somebody. Help! Not just anybody. Help! You know I need someone. Welcome to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. Family caregivers don't have to be alone in their experiences. You will hear from experts and other caregivers facing the same issues that you may be facing. Now, here is your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Welcome to episode 348 of Family Caregivers Unite. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, your host. I'm a physician retired from practice. Our topic today is helping family caregivers establish a home for their family member who has an intellectual disability. So let's begin by talking about recovery. Recovery is a word that's used more and more in connection with intellectual disabilities and mental health conditions generally. Recovery means that individuals, regardless of the disability or the mental health condition, can fulfill their abilities to the full and make the most of their lives. Recovery means that the individual, the family and the family caregivers focus on abilities rather than disabilities, focus on finding supports for abilities and focus on removing or working around obstacles to recovery. Now, recovery means recognizing that sometimes, just sometimes, obstacles to recovery can exist in the care provided to individuals, which means that the care and the way it's provided may need to change. So recovery means that for some family members living with intellectual disabilities, rather than living at the family home, there may be a better alternative, which is having their own home which is called an established home, which is why our topic, helping family caregivers establish a home for their family member who has an intellectual disability, is so important for family caregivers. To discuss it, our guest is Mary Pat Armstrong. Mary Pat is founder and chair of LIGHTS, that's L-I-G-H-T-S, which is a charity, a Canadian charity. LIGHTS provides an option to explore for families who are interested in helping their family member start a life outside the family home. Mary Pat's been committed, a committed community volunteer for over 30 years. Her self-assigned mandate has always been to give back to a world that has been good to her. One of her greatest accomplishments to date is that of being founding director of the very first Ronald McDonald House in Canada, and this was after losing her daughter Marion to cancer in 1976. In 1999, Mary Pat began to focus her energies on how she could improve life for people with intellectual disabilities and became involved with a technology project called Connectability, which is run with Community Living Toronto. 
In 2003, she helped her daughter Jenny set up her own home, and she now wants to create opportunities for other families to do the same as she did for Jenny. Jenny has an intellectual disability. So, Mary Pat, welcome to the show. Thank you, Gordon. Good to be here. Great. Now, very first question for you. Please tell us more about your life, your career, and your experience with family caregiving. Mary Pat? I guess the first thing I'd say about my life is that I have been the mother of four daughters. Uh, as you mentioned, our first daughter, Marion, died of leukemia when she was five and a half. Our second daughter, Sally, is 42 and has three wonderful children. Our third daughter, Jenny, is 39, and she uh, lives independently and has an intellectual disability. And our youngest daughter, Allie, is 29 and the uh, and a brand-new mother of one. I... Uh, many years ago, graduated with a Bachelor of Science in Nursing and an RN, and then a few years later, graduated with a Master's in Education. I spent some time teaching nursing, and then uh, as motherhood took over my life, I took on more and more volunteer roles. As a caregiver, I, I cared along with my husband for our daughter, Marion, uh, through her short life, and then have been, we have been caring for Jenny uh, for the last 39 years, and it has brought us, I know we're going to talk about some of the challenges, but it has also brought us immense joy. Very powerful. Yeah, very powerful point that, Mary Pat. Now, please tell us more about the charity Lights, of which you, as I said, are a founder and chair. Mary Pat, Lights. Uh, it's a it's a complicated concept, actually, but I'll try my best in in a few short minutes. As you said uh, in the introduction, it helps families to find. Uh, long-term sustainable housing for their son or daughter who has an intellectual disability. It approaches this from an individualized approach. So we have one staff facilitator, and she works with each family to help them find a plan that is best for their family and their son or daughter. Uh, where uh, a location to live, um, a budget that they can afford, uh, day programs that their son or daughter would like to be involved in. It, but each family is helped on an individual basis. We do this very importantly through a partnership with government, who pays us the, pays for the salary of our one staff member, donors who, who through their donations provide all the funding we give to families, Community Living Toronto, the agency we have partnered with to 
uh, help us uh, carry out our mandate, and the families themselves. We consider each of these four uh, groups to be our major partners. Uh, we So we provide funding when necessary to families in helping them get established. Hopefully, they can become self-funded after five years, and hopefully they can manage uh, the home that they have started after one year, although our staff facilitator still does keep uh, a close connection with them. Now, I want you to go, Mary Pat, please, to the, back to the beginning. Why was Lights created? Why did you create Lights? What was it that led you in that direction? Mary Pat? Well, Gordon, I would say uh, that my husband and I felt so blessed that we were able to fulfill our dream of setting Jenny up in her own home, that we wanted to help other families do the same thing. We knew that, number one, all families like ourselves would share the same dream of seeing their son or daughter living independently of them at some stage in their life. And secondly, that I would guess probably about 98% of these families could not afford to do what my husband and I have been able to do for Jenny, which is set her up independently in her own home with two, uh, two housemates and a caregiver. So we wanted to uh, create a facility that would help other families f- uh, fulfill the same dream we had for our daughter. Now, let me ask you, just give us an impression of how far you've got. How many homes have been established? What's the kind of reaction that you're getting from the people, the families, and the individuals in the established homes? Mary Pat? Gordon, I'm sorry. Can you just repeat that? Because there was a, a call that came in. Oh, sorry I'm sorry. That. No worries, no worries, no worries. Now, I was just wanting to know how far you've got with lights. For example, how many um, uh, established homes uh, How many established? homes are established? Okay. Yes. Uh, 24 individuals have thus far uh, found independence in their own homes, 17 of which we are funding to date. And uh, our Our facilitator, Laura, is working with another, um, uh, working with another hundred families who want to get into this journey and work through the journey. The journey isn't an overnight journey, though. The journey sometimes, it can take, I would say, anywhere from six months to, to six years, depending on the readiness of of the parents and the readiness of the son or daughter. Do the families who are starting out down this road of establishing the home for their family member, do they worry sometimes that they may be walking away, they may be uh, avoiding a duty uh, that's 
they should be fulfilling. Mm-hmm. Does he get mm-hmm. any sense of that? Mm-hmm. Very Guilt, yes. yes. Uh, for sure. Lots of families do. Uh, I think the key is start early in this process and uh, take lots of time to get to the end result. Um, make sure that you as a parent are comfortable with this and that your son or daughter is comfortable with it. At one point, uh, when Jenny was about 22, I guess, and I sure wasn't ready to, uh, for her independence, but an opportunity came up for Jenny to move into a home uh, with somebody she knew. But the circumstances were, weren't, were not the circumstances that I wished for her um, ultimately and in perpetuity. There, there was too much independence, uh, uh, not enough supervision. Anyway, I felt that as her parent, I had to give her this opportunity. So my husband and I told her about the situation and asked her if she would like to move into this home. And she said, no, thank you. (laughs) And we sighed a big sigh of relief. She wasn't ready either, or she didn't think this was the right situation. I'm not sure which, but uh, it was a few more years. Mary Pat, I'm going to stop you there because we have the tyranny of time and I now have to take the break. So we'll do that right now. But we are coming back to this very, very important discussion. So this is Dr. Gordon Atherley and my guest is Mary Pat Armstrong. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment Channels, CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio and SharingTheBurden.ca. Please stay with us. We're coming back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. We all love our best friend, especially when that best friend is a canine best friend. Now there's a show just for the dogs or the people who love them. Tune in to Dogs Rock Radio with host Pamela Hill. With your stories and advice from the experts, we'll show just how much love and purpose dogs bring to our lives and others around us. You'll also learn about canine fitness, training, and health and wellness. Make Dogs Rock Radio a weekly stop every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern on Voice America Variety. Listen for Matters of Design with celebrity designer Dimitri Christian Skirakis as he explores the dynamics of interior decorating. Imagine your personal style and ideas being shaped by our guest experts as they highlight a mixture of home furnishings, lighting, textiles, and fashion from around the world. If you've ever had difficulty trying to plan how to do it yourself, why not collaborate with a designer and wind up with results like you've never dreamed of? Matters of Design can be heard live every Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Variety. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. 
If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Mary Pat Armstrong. Our topic is helping family caregivers establish a home for their family, family member who has an intellectual disability. Mary Pat, now let's talk about intellectual disabilities and the challenges these create for young people, for their families and for their family caregivers. So first question, Mary Pat, in your view, what are the, and experience, what are the most challenging of the challenges that intellectual disabilities create for young children? Mary Pat? I think, Gordon, for young children, one of the biggest challenges is communication. Uh, it takes these kids a long time to, in many cases, to learn to speak. So expressing themselves, expressing their needs is very difficult for them and sometimes very frustrating. It takes them a long time to learn to read and write, and some never learn to read or write. I know Jenny took spent about two years working with her teachers and with us at home in the evenings just to learn phonetics. I watched my other daughters learn phonetics in a lesson just about, um, but but Jenny now knows her phonetics and knows them really well and can read, uh, she can read restaurant menus, she can read, uh, signs in the, in the, uh, subway, uh, she can read simple books, she, she can, um, read enough to, to hold down a couple of, of jobs. So, but, but that's a, uh, a difficult skill to learn, and and it all comes from communication, as well as another uh, area from communication is just simply making friends, getting to know somebody and to know their interests and explore with them uh, various aspects of what friendships are all about. Uh, it's difficult for these kids. Another one other area I will just briefly touch on is learning basic skills like crawling and walking, uh, brushing your teeth, um, feeding yourself at, at mealtime. These are all challenges that uh, most of us learn without even thinking, and these kids take a long time often to learn them, uh, and it just requires patience and lots of uh, repetition. Right. Now, it's the same question, but this time I'm asking, going to ask you about it, uh, about the challenging challenges um, of intellectual disabilities for adolescents and young adults. Mary Pat. Well, again, it's about making friends. Uh, I've watched Jenny. Uh, she loves people, but I would say her closest friends in many cases are our friends because our friends have all the communication skills and talk to her 
easily, and she she's become very adept at asking questions, but doesn't have, if you ask her a question, she doesn't have a lot of the skills for, uh, communication skills for answering, although each year those get better and better. Another challenge is finding a job, finding an employer who is willing to uh, take a risk with an unknown, if you will. Um, no one knows how how far one's skills can be uh, advanced or how long some of these uh, young adults are willing to stick with a job. They also need to know public transportation in order to get to and from a job. And, of course, the biggest uh, challenge, uh, which we're talking about tonight, is living independently and learning all the skills that are involved to support that. You talk. You mentioned jobs, and you mentioned that Jenny has... I think it was two jobs. Yeah. What kind of jobs are they that are, in your view, most open to Jenny and people like like Jenny? Mary Pat? Well, Jenny's pretty lucky. She's uh, got a job downtown with CIBC Mellon in the mailroom, and that job opened up thanks to somebody we knew at CIBC Mellon. But then Jenny had to go through all the interviews and all the hoops and all the security checks to get that job. But it's a job that is the same, pretty much the same every day. She delivers mail to the seven floors in the building, and she uh, sorts mail, and uh, it's, it's all pretty standard. Another job she had for a couple of summers was working in an office downtown, in a law office actually downtown, and she did a lot of shredding and photocopying and stuffing envelopes and things like that. She works at Community Living Toronto. This is an amazing organization that has been helping the intellectually disabled uh, from birth to death for well over 60 years, and they practice what they preach, and they have a, they hire a few of the intellectually disabled, and uh, they have a coffee den on the main floor, and uh, Jenny works in that little coffee shop a couple of afternoons a week, and she works on their administrative floor one day a week. Um, doing the same sorts of things that I had described before, like uh, shredding and photocopying and stuffing envelopes and things like that. Right. Now, similar question, but different. What are the most challenging of the challenges created for families and family caregivers by the intellectual disabilities in their young family members? Mary Pat? One one uh, challenge, I suppose, would be time management, I guess I could call it. Uh, if you have other children, it's important to be cognizant of their needs and the time that you need to spend with them as well and to often share those responsibilities with them. Uh, it's also 
important to um, recognize that often many health care professionals are involved in the life of this individual. And so it's uh, juggling all of those kinds of appointments and needs uh, and finding the right people to work with your son or daughter. Dealing with the unknown is another area that... uh, one has to learn to um, juggle. Milestones are slow. Uh, other health issues may develop. And I know for myself, I really learned to truly live each day at a time as opposed to planning for the future uh, in many areas of Jenny's life. Financial resources are another huge uh, challenge for most families. Uh, Sometimes both parents, it's necessary for both parents to work, and so a caregiver is needed, and finding the right person is extremely important. And then I guess uh, last and probably most important is Who will be there for your son or daughter after you are gone? And that's a, that is a, an area that's extremely important and one that we all have to live with daily and be very cognizant of. That one particularly, uh, if I may say so, we on this show have done episodes about that and it's a concern. You're absolutely right not only in the kind of situations you're describing, but across all of the situations where children, young people, um, have one form of challenge or another. Mm -hmm. And therefore, although things may be okay right now, the question is exactly what you said. What will happen to my child when I'm gone? Mm -hmm. Now, if I can just ask you a little bit more about challenges for families, family caregivers. You'd mentioned guilt uh, Mm -hmm. before. What about um, getting burnt out? What about exhaustion? What about the psychological pressures? What have you got to say about those, Mary? Mm. Well, I've been lucky personally. I have not felt a lot of those uh, challenges, I would say, but I certainly know that they are very real for many parents, uh, particularly uh, Jenny's, uh, Jenny's uh, is not high needs. She's high functioning, and I'm so she's uh, she can do lots of things for herself. She does not need care twenty four seven. But she went to a school that whose motto was uh, if the student is failing, it's because the teacher is failing, and uh, they were remarkable uh, educators and. It's a very small school, but I, at that school, I saw and got to know many other uh, young people with intellectual disabilities, and uh, I saw how some children are 
affected by the by intellectual disabilities and cannot do uh, most of the things that Jenny can do in life and and those families would have, feel a lot more burnout and uh, fatigue than luckily I ever felt personally. So just to summarize back to you, this this varies from family to family and from yeah. um, family member to family member. But at the same time, it's something that does really exist. And what it points to, and I'm not going to ask you about this at this particular moment, but it's something that points to the need for family caregivers to take care of themselves. Um, because like you, I've heard a lot about the kind of challenges that I'm afraid, do undermine family yeah. caregivers. And yeah. therefore, all of us need, even if we're not directly involved in that kind of thing, we, in that kind of thing, we really do need all of us to take account of it. We now, do. on that point, having lectured you, I am now <laughs> going to take the break. We're going to come back. So, this is Dr. Gordon Adderley, and my guest is Mary Pat Armstrong. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment Channels, CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio, and sharingtheburden.ca. Please stay with us. We're coming back. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. There are over 140 million products manufactured worldwide. It is impossible to know the ingredients in these products, especially those made overseas. Stan Salat creator of the HSF Mark and the Counterfeit Mark Alliance, is the host of People to People, working together for your safety. Stan believes in our right to know the type and amount of hazardous materials in consumer products and whether they are counterfeit. Find out how you can protect yourself every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Variety. Have you learned how to play the money game? There are all kinds of rules when it comes to money. Should I spend it now or save it for the ultimate rainy day? If I make a tiny mistake now, will it really affect everything in the long term? For the answers, tune in to Cultivate Your Financial Health with Wayne Firebaugh. You'll come away from each show with a better understanding of the rules of money and how it sets up your future. Listen Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time with a replay Saturdays at 7 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Mary Pat Armstrong. Our topic is helping family caregivers establish a home for the family member who has an intellectual disability. 
Mary Pat, let's talk about establishing homes to help young people, their families and their family caregivers meet the challenges that you've been talking about. So when we talk about an established home, I'm assuming that we mean one that's apart from the family home. I'm going to ask you a question now about established home, but if you could just make sure I've understood the situation correctly, that would be helpful. So, Mary Pat, in what way does an established home help with the most challenging of the challenges that intellectual disabilities create for young people? Mary Pat? Well, Gordon, in watching our daughter Jenny, uh, for starters, I would say a feeling of independence and incredible self-esteem. She has grown so much over the 12 years that she has thus far been living independently. She, uh, one of her favorite uh, expressions now, if I ask her to do something, she says to me, sure, Mom, I am capable. And I've don't know where that expression came from, but it is a fabulous one, and it's in many ways just a maybe a little subtle reminder to me. She has extended her life skills and competencies incredibly. She helps with uh, food shopping, with meal preparation, with cleaning the house, a little bit with doing laundry, not as much possibly as as uh, as some might, but all those things. And I notice that when she's at home with us every weekend, which is our choice and her choice, and so I see she helps me more in the kitchen and and uh, uh, loves to come shopping with me. But she. Generally, she knows that she is capable and capable of doing a lot of, of a lot of things that she wasn't capable of doing 12 years ago. She's made very close friends with her two housemates and has a, um, a nice social life with them during the week. And it's neat because on Sundays. Uh, when we drop her off Sunday evening at her house, I used to come in with her and uh, turn on all the lights if nobody was there yet and just kind of hang around for five or ten minutes just to make sure that she was feeling comfortable and uh, I guess I was feeling comfortable to leave. But uh, fast forward 12 years and... We pull into the driveway, she hops out of the car, gives us each a kiss, runs up the steps laughing with her key in her hand, opens the front door, closes the front door without a look or a wave. She's on to her own life, and it is so wonderful for my husband and I to watch. You mentioned that there's joy. You you and your husband experience joy. That image of Jenny running up the stairs with her keys waving at you goodbye over her shoulder because she's capable must fill you with joy every time you see it. Is that right? It does, totally. Yeah, wonderful. Now, next question. In what ways does an established home help 
with the most challenging of the challenges that intellectual disabilities create for the families and the family caregivers. Mary Pat? Well, as you uh, alluded to earlier, um, burnout and no time for oneself, uh, it certainly frees up one's time a little bit, um, gives me time to organize things like lights, <laughs> but also to go play a game of tennis or have lunch with a friend or read a good book. Uh, it, it just allows us as caregivers more time to remember who we are personally and also as husband and wife to uh, recognize and remember and acknowledge that relationship in in uh, a more uh, a time-filled way. It also relieves some of the worry about um, might say life after parents. Um, there are always still arrangements that need to be made, but at least as parents, we know that once we are gone, uh, Jenny has a home in which to live and a caregiver to uh, care for her as well as her siblings and their husbands and kids who we know will be there for her as well. And the, and the capability that Jenny has. Beg your pardon? And... And the capability, yes, that Jenny yes. has. Exactly, yes. that she she now has. She is uh, a much stronger individual herself, emotionally, um, psychologically, to and experientially, to stand on her own two feet. Right. Now, next question is a little bit different. It's going to take us back to lights. What are the most challenging of the challenges in establishing a home for a young person living with an intellectual disability? Mary Pat? I think, Gordon, that uh, there's a few challenges that, that have to be very carefully thought through. Certainly one is finances. That's a huge one. Um, figuring out how to afford this independent situa- living situation, whichever, whatever one it is. That and, and some parents sell their own homes in order to be able to afford a home, uh, to set up a home for their son or daughter who has an intellectual disability. Another huge challenge is finding a good caregiver. That is a, is a long journey and, um, you don't always get it right the first time, but also this is a role like many jobs that, uh, turns over. And so don't go into this expecting that the first caregiver you hire will be with your son or daughter for life because that rarely happens, but I am noticing that Jenny, we, uh, the caregiver in her house now is the fourth caregiver that, that, um, <laughs> excuse me, that we've, the third caregiver, excuse me, that we've had in 12 years, um, but Jenny is learning to roll with this 
and uh, the girls have actually been pretty flexible in adapting to a new caregiver, but that is a hugely important role, finding somebody who is loving and caring and understanding, but also able to apply discipline and rules in the house. Uh, it's a huge it's a huge responsibility. Finding housemates is another area that is very important. Um, and usually that's done through networking. And uh, that's something Lights helps with hugely. Uh, finding the right home, the right place, the right type of home and what you can afford. And then the emotional readiness of both parent and child, and I think I've alluded to that or talked about that already, but that is, that's extremely important in setting up a home. Is it right then that you really do a sort of joint house hunting, so to speak? Um, Did Jenny and you and your husband go and look at these places together and talk about them, would this work, that kind of thing? Is that what happened? Yes, I did the initial scouting and uh, my husband and I had set a geographical boundary in Toronto that we wanted to be within and it was largely around Jenny's interests and the the public transportation system and and, uh, things like that. So I then, I went looking and looking for a house that either had an apartment in it for the caregiver or uh, could be uh, renovated to have an apartment in the house. Uh, There weren't many available. I found one. I wasn't super happy with it, uh, but I thought, well, you know, we could make this work. We could paint it and put in some new windows and open it up a little bit. And so I brought Jenny and her dad in to see the house and separately, independently of each other, they both said, sorry, no way. So my (laughs) instinct had been correct. So I went back to the drawing board, found the house that Jenny is in today, took them both there, and within one second of walking through the front door, they both said, this is it. So, and it was just, it felt right to both of them, and it felt right to me. And that really is the very powerful piece of teamwork that you did together. First of all, you decided against somewhere, and then the to dramatize the moment you walked into the next place everybody said this is right for us yes, us yes. and jenny helped everybody. decorate the whole house oh well, there you go yes. <laughs> she, she helped buy the furniture she helped with yeah. the paint on the walls i mean not painting but the colors yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that's great so once again Uh, It's time for the break, so we'll take that now. This is uh, Dr. Gordon Atherley, and my guest is Mary Pat Armstrong. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment Channels, CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio, and sharingtheburden.ca. Please stay with us. We're coming back.
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Want to help make our world a better place, but not sure where to start? Tune into Better Worldians Radio with the creators of the social game on Facebook called A Better World. Join hosts Ray, Mary Sue, and Gregory Hansel, who will inspire you to make a big difference in small ways. They'll speak to experts, authors, volunteers, and everyday people who are changing the world daily. Better Worldians Radio is heard live every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Variety. Tired of lackluster results with your marketing? Craving more leads in your business? Tune into the Mojo Marketing Edge with the team behind Mojo Global Marketing, Ira Rosen and Corey Michael Sanchez. Winners of the Marketer of the Year, they will show you how to generate daily leads, build databases of raving fans, and close deals faster than ever before. See what's hot right now and how you can tap into it to generate an endless supply of customers and clients. The Mojo Marketing Edge can be heard every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at FamilyCaregiversUnite.org. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Mary Pat Armstrong. Our topic is helping family caregivers establish a home for the family member who has an intellectual disability. Mary Pat, now let's talk about what more you would like to do and you would like to see done to overcome the challenges in establishing homes for young people living with intellectual disabilities. First, So my first question to you is, what more would you like to do um, really to bring together the establishing of homes in the way that you did with Jenny? Mary Pat? Uh, I guess first and foremost, I would like to really ensure that lights is fully sustainable. We're talking about creating sustainable long-term housing for people who have an intellectual disability. In order to do that, to do my part in that, I would like to see lights fully sustainable. And to do that, I need to find more money. Um, I, as I said earlier in the program, all the money that we uh, give to families to help them establish the home for their son or daughter, we fundraise for that money. And uh, we've raised $4 million to date, but we need um, at least four hundred to five hundred thousand dollars a year in order to support the families that we have and to take on new families. Um, our hope is and the plan is that after families have been with us for five years uh, in in an in independent situation, they will have found 
their own funding. This is proving really difficult for families, and uh, we... I think the government has to step in here as well, but we need to, we are working day in and day out to fundraise so that uh, we can uh, keep lights sustainable. And we also need one more staff member now at this point um, because more and more families are coming to us. Right. Now, this takes us into the next question, which is, what more would you like to see done and by whom to overcome these challenges, particularly the financial challenges you've just been talking about? Mary Pat? Well, I guess that really is over to the government, I think. And unfortunately, I know the government does not have a lot of money these days, the provincial government, which is the ministry that is responsible uh, for these types of commitments. But uh, they, they're... Some new money has become available, and there it's not just lights. There, I know there are a few other programs in Ontario that have now been started by families, um, and they because they are desperately wanting to avoid the huge long wait list that is at the feet of the government uh, for getting into an independent um, home. And so I think what the government needs to do is to realize that they, most, almost all families that are affected by um this problem cannot afford to set up a second home for their son or daughter. Uh, and when the government closed the institutions for the intellectually disabled, which was a, a fantastic thing to do and completely necessary, it, it, the government now needs to go to that next step of providing funding for families, I, I think the government thought that all the people in those institutions would go home and live with their families, which is fine, but we all age, and we all grow old, and we all die, and so many of these uh, individuals are now living with parents who are in their 70s and 80s, and what's going to happen to them when their families die? So the government has got to help, and it's got to help uh, a lot more than it's doing right now. And that means, Mary Pat, just to put some words to you very quickly, making the case for what you're doing um, in economic terms that the government will understand, and that is to say that you are, in fact, saving the system money by we doing are. what you're doing. Yes, we are. That's right, isn't it? Yeah. Hugely. Yeah. Now, Mary Pat, very last question for you is, and this is again different, what is your message for family caregivers with family members living with intellectual disabilities? Mary Pat? My first message is plan for the future. Talk about independence early. Network with other families to find mutual friendships and resources that can be shared. But just because your son or daughter is, say, 
eight years old or ten years old and you know they won't be ready for independence for a long time, start thinking about it now, start talking about it now, and start planning now. You can't start too early. Dream and then fulfill those dreams. Uh, and then when you, when you get to the right stage, do find an independent uh, living situation for your son or daughter because independence on any level is really, really important. It's important for all of us. We know how important it is for us. It's important for our kids uh, and our um, uh, many of our kids do have independence and we want our kids that have intellectual disabilities to feel some of that same independence. And so then when we are gone, uh, our son or daughter has a home and a community and a network of one's own. And we can die peacefully and they can continue to live joyfully. Those are my messages. Mary Pat, very strong message. And what I'd like to say to you is because, unfortunately, we've come to the end of this absolutely beautiful episode, is thank you for, first of all, being our guest, for telling us all the things that you've told us about your own life, your your own experiences, but also demonstrating to us the things that you've done the things that you are doing, the things that you want to do more, and the way in which what you're doing affects beneficially so many people. And as you said at the very outset, is capable. these things you do are capable of bringing joy. So thank you. Thank you, Gordon. I want to say thank you to our listeners. We'd like to hear your comments on this episode. And with Family Caregivers Unite, we're starting a new research project called Qualitative Research to find out what you, our listeners, think about important topics, such as the one we've just been listening to. So please email me to hear more or to get involved. Our next episode will be Decision Makers, Decision Making and Dementia. Please join us. Same time, same spot on the internet. Talk to you then. Thank you again for joining us this week for Family Caregivers Unite with your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. And until then, we hope our program will help make the coming week easier and more hopeful. And I do appreciate you being around. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 